An official warning of war from Taiwan, the island vowing to use naval, air and coastal firepower if invaded by China. The largest U.S. arms sale to Taiwan since Biden took office. Likewise, Taiwan proposing a near 14 percent boost to next year's military spending. More support for Taiwan, one Central American nation becoming the latest to show support for the island. And especially the country's sovereignty. And car theft and why it's becoming a trend on TikTok. We look at how the Chinese communist regime is involved. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. An official warning of war from Taiwan. As Beijing makes military activities around the island a new norm, Taiwan responded with warning shots and a vow to take strong countermeasures to defend itself. Let's zoom in. We will use naval and air forces and coastal firepower to dispel PLA, People's Liberation Army, aircraft and ships that enter our territorial seas and airspace. Taiwan's defense ministry delivered the warning Wednesday. When Chinese unmanned drones enter our airspace, besides closely monitoring their activities, we will also elevate air defense missile alerts to track the unmanned aerial vehicle. But if they are not dispelled, and if we determine that there is a danger posed to us, we will exercise the right of self-defense in accordance with operational orders and counterattack. One day before, Taiwan fired warning shots at a Chinese drone for the first time. It had been buzzing around an offshore islet. That action followed Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen's order to take strong countermeasures against Chinese provocations. Taiwan has repeatedly complained of Chinese drones flying close to the small group of islands it controls. They're located near China's coast. Ever since U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan earlier this month, China has been holding military exercises around the island. And the PLA will try to make a new rule of navigation in Taiwan's trade if the new military uh, normal status uh, has been successfully established. And the PLA then will gradually change the international waterway uh, of Taiwan's trade from high sea for navigation freedom to inland sea of China. And after the new military uh, normal status has been uh, consolidated, the PLA will reject the passage of foreign uh, naval ship uh, uh, through Taiwan Strait unless under its permission. The PLA stands for the People's Liberation Army, the formal name for China's military. Beijing claims Taiwan as part of mainland Chinese territory. Democratically governed Taiwan rejects that claim. Taiwan's current government used to rule China but fled to Taiwan after losing a civil war. Still, the Chinese Communist Party has vowed to take the island by force if necessary. The U.S. doesn't have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan, but Washington is bound by law to provide the island with arms to defend itself. On Tuesday, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen visited a Navy station on Penghu. The island is one of several off Taiwan's west coast and would be on the front line of a potential attack from Beijing. I want to tell you that the more provocative the enemy is, the more calm we need to be. 
We will not allow those on the opposing banks to manufacture a conflict with an inappropriate excuse. We will not provoke disputes, and we will restrain ourselves. But it does not mean that we will not fight back. I want to stress once again that Taiwan's determination to defend its sovereignty and safeguard democracy and freedom will never be backed down by pressure and intimidation, and the government will be fully prepared. She also inspected a radar squadron, an air defense company, and a Navy fleet. The Biden administration is sending a new approval request to Congress, a $1.1 billion arms sale to Taiwan. According to Politico, the package would be the largest since Biden took office and would include missiles and radars. News of the planned sale comes amid heightened tensions with China. After U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan earlier this month, the State Department informed Congress of the sale last Monday. The notification starts the process that will lead to a formal arms sale proposal from the department. Legislators are expected to approve the sale. Taiwan proposed a near 14 percent boost to next year's military spending. Another high-level foreign politician is visiting Taiwan. Guatemala's foreign minister met with President Tsai Ing-wen on Tuesday. The Central American country has expressed its support for the island's sovereignty. The Guatemalan government strongly believes that people have the right to enjoy peace in their lives and the right to live in peace is non-negotiable, and especially the country's sovereignty. Guatemala is one of 14 countries that still maintains formal relations with Taiwan. China claims Taiwan as its own territory and has sought to isolate it internationally. Taiwan President Tsai thanked Guatemala for its support, saying Guatemala reacted immediately to China's military threat toward Taiwan and urged governments around the world to be on guard about the communist country. At this moment, when we experience a continued expansion of authoritarianism around the world, our democratic allies should keep on cooperating to preserve regional peace, protect our democratic and free living style. Bukharo's visit comes amid heightened tensions between Taiwan and China, as China has conducted military exercises and missile launches in apparent retaliation for a visit by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. By the end of this year, more than 10 foreign politicians will have visited Taiwan. Those delegations are from the U.S., Canada, Europe and Japan, among others. New action amid heightened tensions between China and Taiwan. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan will meet with his Japanese and South Korean counterparts on Wednesday in Hawaii. In a statement, the White House said Sullivan would visit the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command after the meeting. The trip aims to discuss America's alliances in defense of a free and open Indo-Pacific. That's as two U.S. Navy warships sailed through the Taiwan Strait on Sunday. It's the first such Navy operation following House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan in early August. The Taiwan Strait is the body of water that separates mainland China from Taiwan. Japan is taking its efforts a step further to counter China and Russia. The country said Wednesday it would develop and mass-produce both a cruise missile and a high-velocity ballistic missile. Both weapons will be able to strike distances beyond the current range, limited by Japan's constitution. The defense ministry didn't specify the exact range of the weapons, but if deployed in the southwest of Japan, the weapons would be able to reach China.
This month, Beijing fired five ballistic missiles into waters less than 100 miles from Japan, prompting alarm about China's regional ambitions. Viral videos strike again. Thefts of Kia and Hyundai vehicles have been on the rise, linked to a recent trend on TikTok. NTD's Sean Marshall has more on how the Chinese regime is involved. So first, they left my steering wheel lock sitting on the seat just to, you know, rub it in my face, probably. Police officers across the country have spent August busy with reports of stolen Hyundai and Kia vehicles, a concerning trend given a boost by a TikTok challenge. Thieves are using USB cables to hijack certain Hyundai and Kia vehicles between 2010 and 2021 model years, according to a release from the Los Angeles Police Department. Targeted vehicles have key-based ignitions rather than the push-button start found in newer vehicles. Former U.S. Senate Chief of Staff Chuck Flint believes it's likely that TikTok algorithms are being manipulated by Beijing to target Americans who could be persuaded to steal the cars. That, that, that then allows them to target specific individuals who might be more susceptible to committing this type of activity. They're profiling Americans using the TikTok app, and then in doing so, they're able to even more narrowly tailor their approach to go after the people that might say, hey, you know what, this is, this is fun. The trend is called the Kia Challenge. It involves thieves filming themselves breaking into a car and taking it for a joyride before dumping it. Flint mentioned this produces a lot of data on Americans and that activities like this never go viral in China. And I think more important for, for people to understand is why this is happening. It's part of a broader strategy that China has, an unrestricted warfare type of strategy against the United States. And this is part of it. People see it and they say, well, th this is nothing other than just people kind of doing something silly on social media, but there's more to it. Some Kia and Hyundai owners in Wisconsin filed a lawsuit against the car companies in 2021. And since then, owners from Missouri, Kansas, Illinois, Iowa, Kentucky, and Texas have joined on. It should be noted that Progressive Insurance won't insure some Kias and Hondas. Kia has issued this response to the trend. Kia America is aware of the rise in vehicle thefts of a subset of trim levels. All 2022 models and trims have an immobilizer applied either at the beginning of the year or as a running change. Sean Marshall, NTD News. TikTok has over 80 million active users in the U.S. Most of them are younger Americans and members of Gen Z. U.S. regulators are singling out certain U.S.-listed Chinese companies for an audit. Among them are e-commerce giants Alibaba and JD.com. Here's more. It follows last week's landmark audit deal between Beijing and Washington, which allows U.S. regulators to vet accounting firms in mainland China and Hong Kong. It could potentially end a long-running dispute that threatened to remove more than 200 Chinese companies from U.S. stock exchanges. Sources told Reuters that Yum China, owner of KFC, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut restaurants in China, would be among the first to be inspected in Hong Kong, alongside Alibaba and JD.com by the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board. A spokesperson for the U.S. audit watchdog said on Tuesday it did not comment on inspections. The PCAOB said on Friday it had notified the selected companies without naming them and that it expects its officials to land in Hong Kong by mid-September. U.S. regulators have for more than a decade demanded access to audit papers of U.S.-listed Chinese companies. 
But Chinese authorities have been reluctant to let U.S. regulators inspect accounting firms in China, citing national security concerns. Coming up, the U.S. sees a setback in the Pacific region. The Solomon Islands refuse to let a U.S. Coast Guard vessel dock there for a routine port call. Experts say Chinese influence is in play. Plus, organ harvesting and crimes against humanity. We speak with human rights lawyer David Maitis, one of the foremost experts on the topic for updates. More on that in just a minute here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A setback for the U.S. in the Pacific. An American Coast Guard vessel was unable to enter the Solomon Islands for a routine port call. The latter did not respond to a request from the vessel to refuel. Here are more details. The Solomon Islands has had a tense relationship with the U.S., and that's after it signed a security deal with China in May. Back then, the deal raised alarms in the West, prompting concerns that it could pave the way to a Chinese military base on the island. That would put it just a thousand miles off the coast of Australia. Both the Solomon Islands and Beijing have denied the possibility of a Chinese base, but an expert notes there could be a catch. So I think we the word base can really can get can, can confuse us. So. In this agreement, the security agreement that was signed with the Solomon Islands, you know, there's all sorts of there's talk about prepositioning supplies and that sort of stuff. And because of China's policy of civil-military fusion and the national intelligence law, which means that any Chinese private company or citizen is required by law to assist the Chinese intelligence services, you don't need to have what looks to us like the military base in order for something to be. A Functional security threat and and a defense installation, and they're using a lot of the language around、uh, humanitarian assistance and disaster response, saying you know we're just going to put stuff here in case there's a typhoon or a hurricane or something like that. that is beyond dual use. That has military applications as well. Pascal points to the potential function of the dual use facilities. So with the with all of these other what are called gray zone or dual use or That those sorts of、um, capabilities,、uh, you can achieve very high levels of, if not control, then at least problems for others to pass through those waters very quickly. Both Australia and the U.S. ramped up diplomatic engagement with the region following the deal. Washington said it would push to speed up the opening of an embassy in the Solomon Islands, but Pascal points to the urgency of the situation. Where every single week there's a new story coming out about a major loss of positioning in the region, you know the security deal,、um, this、uh, the spy ships, the、um, lack of ability to refuel, you know this is building up very very fast. So、uh, unless there's a huge change of response coming out of Australia or a reappropriation of leadership from the U.S. Or Japan is allowed to do what it wants to do because it's very concerned. Or India is invited in, and in fact, that's probably one of the best solutions is to make it a quad project where each of the four can bring their own elements. She says, unless that effort happens quickly, it's going to be much more difficult to retrench and free the area.
For the past two decades, the Chinese Communist Party has been overseeing the killing of prisoners of conscience for their organs. The main victims are practitioners of the spiritual discipline Falun Gong in China's Uyghur population. Some have called this large-scale transplant abuse genocide. In an interview by NTD and the Epoch Times, one of the foremost experts on this topic, David Matis, gives us an update on his work. In China, surgeons have become executioners. Two recent studies provide new evidence on the Chinese Communist Party's illegal organ trade. They identified Chinese medical papers showing that physicians had carved out organs from people for transplant without first conducting a test to establish brain death, which is an international standard procedure. International human rights lawyer David Metas has been writing and researching on forced organ harvesting in China since 2006. Two studies, first of all, they provide another evidentiary trail which confirms what we already found, that uh, people are being killed through organ extraction and, not because the, and the organs aren't being extracted uh, because they're brain dead. The most recent study showed that a significant proportion of organs used for transplant in China continues to be obtained illegally outside of the official registry system, even after 2015. That's the year when Chinese officials claimed to have stopped using organs from prisoners. The topic of transplant abuse in China appears to be, even in the medical community, not well known. How does Metis explain that? When we did our first press conference on this in 2006, I said it's a new form of evil on the planet. And, and people are used to hearing about other forms of mass killing, and, and uh, so it's easier to believe uh, a repetition of something that's happened in the past. I mean, one of the uh, questions I would ask people uh, who say, you know, convince me quickly, <laughs> uh, I would say to them, uh, what would we know about the Holocaust today if, if the Nazis, the Axis powers instead of the Allied powers of one World War II? Probably very little. Uh, the, uh, and, and that's the situation, I mean, uh, obviously China doesn't control the whole world, but it, it controls the sources, the information, and it's not transparent. But uh, if, if you're at all skeptical, just read the evidence. One of Metis's messages in his decades of work on behalf of human rights has been that we ignore human rights violations, including those far away at our own peril. Violations tend to spread, and when we become the victims, it's already too late. He says forced organ harvesting in China illustrates this, as it's been used to target different groups, including the spiritual group Falun Gong, as well as the Uyghurs, and the scale of its use has grown. There's been, uh, you know, since uh, the early 2000s, in the massive sourcing of organs from uh, Falun Gong, a depletion uh, of the uh, Falun Gong population in detention because the, the, the numbers of Falun Gong detained over the years wasn't replenishing the number of people who were being killed through organ extraction. The organs of Uyghurs in Xinjiang isn't just supplying the transplant population in Xinjiang, it's... It, it, it's, it's supplying the transplant population uh, throughout China and, of course, throughout the world, because there's a lot of transplant tourists. Uh, and so that's a very specific example of, of a spreading human rights violation. But there's also places like through the Belt and Road uh, 
initiative where this Chinese uh, culture of organ transplant abuse is spreading, and, and we're seeing it in places in Thailand and Cambodia now. The UK Parliament in March banned organ tourism. An amendment to the new Health and Care Bill criminalizes any UK resident who travels abroad to purchase an organ, including to China. Mehdes says that's not enough. He says the UK needs to set up a compulsory reporting system to make the law effective or we won't know how many UK citizens go to China for organs. The problem of, of actually getting the data, I mean, it's, it's, it's very nice to say we're going to prosecute people who are involved in trans, uh, tra transplant abuse abroad, but how do you know? Uh, the, there's no uh, <laughs> controls. If you're a UK person and you want to leave the UK, you don't have to report to anybody about where you're going or why you're going. Uh, uh, and, and when you come back, if you're a UK citizen, they just let you in. So how are they going to even know that you went to China for a transplant unless they set up a system of reporting? He says it's not just organ tourists who are complicit in this crime against humanity. There's a lot of uh, Western countries where there's transplant tourists going into China, where there's uh, cooperation between Chinese uh, transplant institutions and uh, Western uh, transplant institutions, where there, there's training of Chinese transplant professionals uh, in the West, where there's exportation of uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, anti-rejection drugs from uh, the West uh, uh, in, into China. Metis says the UK and other Western countries can and need to do a lot more to confront the problem. Eddie Aitken, NTD News. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus@ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching and see you tomorrow. The 2022 NTD 8th International Chinese Vocal Competition will be held from September 29th to October 2nd at the Merkin Hall of Kaufman Music Center in New York City. The competition is honored to have specially invited vocalists with the world-renowned Shen Yun Performing Arts to serve on its panel of judges. The gold award is $10,000. For more information, please visit vocal.ntdtv.com.